Hello and welcome to the Crazy Poultry Podcast. I am your host, Ian Gallo Loco, and with me as usual, Mr. Nick Nickers Chicken. Howdy, y'all. It has been one week since we've been back. Uh, we came back from Love and Thunder with our anticipated review, and we did say in that review that we were going to be back to talk about our next very anticipated film, and that was Jordan Peele's third outing with simply titled Nope. Did you know the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pictures could move, yeah, skin in the game. Needless to say, we were really anticipating this film because in the short amount of time, Jordan Peele has gone from comic, you know, genius with his team of Key and Peele and stuff to one of the most already regarded horror directors. And, you know, being up for Best Picture is already a pretty good start with your first one, which was Get Out, um, which is easily the thing that everybody's going to hold him now to. Uh, even when his second outing with us came out, people were being like, okay, well, how is this going to be with Get Out? Because it was up for all these awards. It even won an Academy Award for writing. And it was, I would say it was generally well-received. Uh, I was just like, it's pretty good, but it's definitely not a Get Out. But it's a very different mm-hmm. kind of horror thing. Yeah. This one, when it was like coming out, I was like, so... Is he like going into like the extraterrestrial route now? Because this, he he's doing quite a swap here. So I was very intrigued by the trailer not showing much, and then even the second trailer I was kind of like, this is giving me like a different vibe now. <laughs> like I was getting more like adventure almost than horror. But after seeing it, I can say it's definitely a little bit of a horror mixed with science. Uh, so we're going to do no spoilers here. Uh, we might come back later on to do a full spoiler discussion if we feel like. Um, but that's because from the little I've seen other people reacting to this, it's been very different because people took certain imagery and things and interpret it that way to them and stuff. And all of them across the board, though, said everybody's going to have a different, you know, 
out of this movie. Um, and the closest way that I could describe it is I think it starts like Close Encounters of the Third Kind yeah. and then ends like Jaws, <laughs> which are also two Steven Spielberg movies, and this has like that kind of Steven Spielberg vibe a little bit to it. Yeah, Close um, Encounters was definitely the movie that came to mind for me the most in this movie. Yeah, with like the whole exploring and seeing the external mm-hmm. things. Some of the uh, sounds even. Yeah, it was definitely reminiscent of that. Yeah. Um, but Daniel Kaluuya has come back for his second time with Jordan Peele. Um, I'm, free, I'm blanking on her name. Kiki? Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. She is, plays his sister. Uh, even though he's advertised, and you can see it in the trailer, Keith David, he's in this, <laughs> but he's not in it long. Yeah. Who plays their dad, uh, who has owned and operated a horse ranch for Hollywood movies to use. And they were, I think they said, like, the first one ever opened, but they were also the first ever black opened up yeah. one, yeah. which was a big thing for them. Uh, and uh, they, uh, he can't, he stayed on, him being Daniel Kaluuya, O.J. Jr., I believe that's what he's called, mm-hmm. uh, kind of stayed to run the ranch and stuff. Sister went on to do other things, I believe, in advertisement stuff. I've seen some clips now, and it seems like some of her stuff actually was not included, hmm. which probably could have been like a backstory, like where she's been at. Whether you needed it or not, I don't know. Well, he said recently in an interview that the movie could have been over three hours long. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 now, so now there's going to be a clamoring for a director's cut that's <laughs> three hours. Or maybe just put it on Gosh. the DVD. Yeah, the, blue, the Blu-ray 4K, whatever yeah. will come yeah. out. Um, this also is uh, Peel's biggest ambitious film, especially with the equipment, because he shot this with IMAX. Yeah. So you can tell by the scale, the long shots and things. And I was just like, huh, I can't think of another horror movie that actually has to use IMAX. It, it just doesn't hit me in the head, though. Or it just wasn't like as obvious as this one, because this one had a bunch of panned out shots. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that looks like IMAX. Yeah. And I mean, even the guy in the film when he puts his camera mm-hmm. thing together there is an IMAX on there oh yeah I didn't even I so, didn't think about that yeah they they got they had to get a little bit of money in there <laughs> <laughs> like IMAX you're gonna be in the film <laughs> we're just gonna use you also so um but this starts out with you know all of a sudden things are just falling from the sky <laughs> tiny Co- yeah coins and keys any metal objects yeah um and that is what ends up killing their father because one strikes him right in the eye. Uh, and we know from a high state <laughs> that can kill even a penny. Yeah. Um, and then it's then it's his sister coming together and basically like, what are we going to do with the ranch now? But then they start to see this figure in the sky and they're like, oh, well, we can get famous and if we capture the right shot because, you know, that's always around the internet. Mm-hmm. And even at one point, they want to bring in a master cinematographer for that. Um, and uh, Stephen Yan. Stephen Yoon, I think is how you say his last name. He was he, in Walking Dead. As yeah. Uh, he was also just in an Academy-nominated Minari. Yeah, Minari. Yeah. Um, but he's also in it. He's a like a show, like a circus kind of thing. He seems like he's like in a circus slash 
he's a, he's a star, obviously. Yeah. He came he's up a, with his whole show and yeah, he's also a former child actor star. Yeah, um, which that that's a weird thing in of itself with that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which uh, is, is the main thing that I kind of want to say about this is that this is definitely a movie where you could feel one way after seeing it and then feel different after thinking about it for like weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's why like I'm going to just state my official thoughts right now may not be my official thoughts by the end of the year. Yeah. It could change. Um, I definitely need more viewings. Yeah. There was a lot. And uh, mostly because uh, if I were to say one quick negative is that storyline thing is – I never thought I would hear this. Uh, there's something that involves a chimp. Going into that, I... What? <laughs> there's something that involves a chimp. Uh, and that was like a thing that I kept on wondering, how is this like folding in or connecting with the grander story? And I was like, I don't know if it really pulled off for me. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Well... Uh, we saw that short clip at the beginning. I'm not gonna say exactly what it was, but it was it was, it was looked like a gruesome scene, and I was wondering how exactly it happened. We we later found that out. Yeah. But I was like, man, it, he took such a interesting turn with that because I, I wasn't sure how that, like you said, was gonna incorporate with the main plot and story. So we found out later on. I'm just. Yeah, I'm not quite sure about it either. Like I said, we're going to need more watches on that because it's got to be connected somehow. I mean, it probably is, but because I think I actually watched something later on where they were kind of trying to tie that into it, and I was like, I'm not sure that I'm 100% convinced. Also, uh, clearly a CGI chimpanzee. Yeah, yeah. uh, That looked nothing like (laughs) the recent Planet of the Apes movies. No. Because I was just like, this is not look that great (laughs) but they kept it short they're like yeah this probably doesn't look 100% right but it's just barely going to be in there and we're going to cut away which smart on their part Um, and one other thing I had heard about this is one praise I'll definitely give it probably some of the best nighttime uh, filming shot and cinematography I've ever seen because I, I, like another filmmaker on YouTube, has said, I don't know how he did it. Because <laughs> somehow it wasn't dark and too dark that we couldn't see things, but it wasn't, it was lit right to where things weren't, you know, bright enough. It so, looked like a, a dim enough light was behind the camera at all times, and you could see stuff, but not see it clearly enough. Yeah. Enough. It, was, it was interesting. Which definitely does help, like, the mystery mm-hmm. part of it. Um, and uh, I also briefly was hearing people feeling differently about Kiki Palmer's performance in that character I could see why people could find her annoying sometimes because sometimes like OJ I was even like hey shut up (laughs) this is kind of serious right now (laughs) Um, but she did add a levity of humor to it which I did enjoy Um, how did you feel about her performance? I mean, I, I liked her a lot. She Actually, the character she played in this reminded me a lot of the character she voiced in uh, Proud Family. Um, I, did, I did not know that. Yeah, but... Is, I, that, I, I is she, that new or the older one? I think she's in both of them. Oh. But um, 
she, you know, I knew she was really bubbly, and I knew, you know, they, he, ca I, I don't really think he cast her just to be like a comedy relief from Daniel Kaluuya, but he, I don't know, I, I like her as an actress, I think she's good, and uh, yeah. she, uh, immediately, from start to finish, you knew how she was going to be in the film, and she came in, and when, you know, he was with the horse, and mm -hmm. she had that loud, really loud voice, and, you know, she made her presence known, and, and I, she, I like her she turned up the speakers to, like, a yeah. hundred, apparently. Yeah. And then she's even yelling from far away to Stephen I was like, she's like, <laughs> I was like, wait, how can I hear her? Is she over the speakers? <laughs> it seemed wow. like she just had a kind of like a, a mic speaker in her ear. Which, or just like all of a sudden pull up a megaphone. Yeah. Hey! Yeah. Um, and Daniel Kaluuya's performance. Much different than Get Out. Yeah. It's a much more subdued, mm -hmm. calmer, and kind of barely talking sometimes, which I really appreciate. One person I disagreed with, he said that he mumbled a lot of his words. And I was like... I don't find him yeah, too mumbly. I could understand most I, I of his stuff. I just know you, throughout the movie you can tell he was tired because he's yeah. a hard worker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like that's what, you know, he was trying to portray. And I, I like how Peel did this character. Yeah. Well, and I felt like they were also portraying something with both of them that they took from their dad. Yeah. Um, he was like, you know, the hard worker, mm -hmm. like, you know, up in the morning and all the way till night. And she was the showman. Yeah. Why would you hire OJ Jr. to be your <laughs> very animated? We're going to sell this. He's like, uh, so this is the horse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then she comes in, hey, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I could see having her being the selling point and him being the trainer and stuff. Um, and again, you might be able to pull this out of your head. Uh, the guy who played uh, their like tech guy uh, funny enough from a company that doesn't even exist anymore <laughs> from Friars you know what his, his name was in the movie uh, oh shit yeah it's really eluding me because I was having trouble even with some of their he reminded me of a geek squad employee. yeah because it was it was using a business that was a lot like a Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were, like, electronic mm -hmm. sales and stuff. And they're like, hey, we'll install it. Do you want to pay for this? And at first they were like, no. And then they're like, well, we're probably not going to know anything about installing this. And I do I love how he was saying all of this. Like, a, a normal Geek Squad guy would say, he's just like, you want the protection plan and all that <laughs> stuff. He's just kind of bored and then he just wanted to get out of there. And, yeah, yeah I feel like he did add something to the movie, though. Yeah, I think he added actually some humor and yeah. some things that helped levity it. Um, but the ironic and funny part is, well, maybe not funny if you worked for the company, the Friars company that is in the movie, that clearly also you know gave them money to you know be like you can use this space and things. Uh, they went out of business right before the movie came out. <laughs> And uh, some people were like, yeah, you know how there's, like, nobody when they're shopping? <laughs> That's how it was <laughs> up until the movie came out. So kind of a weird vibe because then people were like, hey, I want to go to Friars. And I'm like, no, they're not walking around anymore. <laughs> so a very uh, funny, ironic, but not so funny thing in the movie. Um, but, you know, Best Buy was probably too expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... 
it was like it was probably first come first serve. They're like just you know put us in the movie because we need it obviously, and then just went out of business. Um, and I mean, other than mentioning like other technical things or performances, like uh, the guy who played the cinematographer that we bring on, mm-hmm. uh, he he was also an actor that I recognized, but I was hard at placing him. Well, that and I recognized his voice. He's yeah, got a very deep raspy voice, and I was like, yeah. where have I heard that? Yeah, I feel like he's definitely been a villain in a movie. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> when he has that raspiness. Maybe even an animated voice. Somewhere. I think, yeah, he had to be an animated voice. Uh, but uh, I felt like he was kind of good, but he kind of went in and out. Uh, and he makes a decision towards the end that I'm not fully sure how I feel about it. What, to get the Oprah shot? Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like, hey, we got this thing, and then he's like, walks away to try to do this other thing, and I'm like, uh, uh, and people have, I've seen, has kind of like described what was he was doing, but I still don't know how I feel about that as a character part, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if you're smart or extremely stupid. And he seemed like actually a pretty smart guy, yeah. so... Greed. Yeah. <laughs> greed. Gre- greed is also a big theme here. He thought that, you know, that there was an impossible shot he could get. Yeah. And I guess and then he thought that was it. Mm. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, other than that, uh, <laughs> the only other stuff we could say probably are spoilers. There's, there's stuff I really want to say, but yeah. I, there's one specific thing about a certain type of bug that I yeah. tied into it that I'm not going to say, but... Um, I, I, had, I had some thoughts about that. So, so like, before we kind of go into, like, any of our other fully thoughts on it so far, kind of felt like Peel has just hit, like, his third, you know, horror direct movie. And that kind of made me think about the other new kind of horror people that have been in the scene now. Like, uh, definitely <laughs> Roger Eggers, who just made his third but not really a horror movie with the Northmen. Yeah, yeah. That was more of a, you know, revenge action thing. Um, he's still one of my top ones, and I don't think he's, you know, missed, you know, at bat so far. Um, Ari Aster, he's made two so far that I've absolutely loved. Uh, Hereditary is one of my favorites of all time now. Uh, Midsummer is a very good companion piece to it. Um, John Krasinski with two Quiet Place movies and supposedly I guess might be working on a third oh, one yeah. so that like when the second one was being made I was like I'm both a little bit excited but concerned because the more that we explore this the worse it could get um, but probably the one that's batting the best is Mike Flanagan who is who did Doctor Sleep which is the sequel to The Shining and I thought that was a very well-executed timeline with that movie. Uh, surprisingly, Ouija Origin of Evil, which is the prequel to Ouija, who was one of the worst horror movies I had seen in years. Um, and then he also did, uh, he's done some Netflix shows that I think are very good, like Haunting a Hill House, which I think is his, probably his magnum opus as far as material. But then he also did Midnight Mass, which I also really enjoyed. Um, one other one that I would throw up there is uh, Jennifer Kent, who did the Babadook, and she also did the Nightingale, 
which is probably one of the hardest movies I've ever had to watch <laughs> because it is like so dark and brutal that it was like we are not shying away from this and I'm gonna challenge you to watch this and it never got to the point of like say like a mule <laughs> where I got uncomfortable but it was more like a oh gosh okay I think I can take a breather oh gosh <laughs> and the fact that she is one of those ones that are challenging I'm really interested so I'm very interested in her third project um, how have you felt about these yeah. directors that have been making a name in horror? I mean, you've kind of hit it on the head with all of them. Um, they're all, they came out strong, I think especially, you know, Roger Eggers and John Drozinski, I think they're two of my favorites for sure, but I think Lighthouse, I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, I, probably the most surprising movie I've seen in a long time just because I was like, oh, it's going to be, you know, very small cast, black and white, you know, how good could this be? And it was a friggin' masterpiece. But yeah, I think all these directors definitely deserve praise because they're definitely onto something and they have bright futures. Yeah, I mean, obviously Mike Flanagan has been, you know, making more things than the others, so he has the pedigree behind him. He's just now finally doing, like, his own mm -hmm. original things, whereas, like, John made A Quiet Place, you know, Ari Esther made Hereditary, Midsummer, and same thing with Roger Eggers. The Northman was like his like closest thing probably to like a studio movie, but also not really <laughs> because it's also very anti-studio in the same way, uh, which also is like a, I kind of feel bad that he had that big of a budget because that means he had a bigger loss for the studio. <laughs> So it's like, are we gonna ever give this person a big paycheck ever again? Whereas Peel is probably like the safest bet for you know a horror thing because number one, he's gonna have the Academy Award to put right there and be like, I have a script, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> and I will definitely direct it because I don't trust anybody else to do this. Um, and he's also, you know, now been producing a lot more with uh, Monkey Paw Studios. Yep. Uh, most of those I've been a fan of. I just have felt like some of them were just okay. But that, I feel like a lot of people like would go into that like, oh, Peel is involved. I'm like, not really, but kind of. It's hard when you try to figure out what a producer is doing on the movie. You know, it's not not like Hellboy that 18 producers and we're trying to control everything and we wonder why oh that was a piece of shit yeah. um, but when you then leave it more to Guillermo del Toro it's pretty awesome <laughs> so but there's a whole correlation of horror studio uh, but uh, I know we'll be getting into your favorite come Halloween with Halloween ends <laughs> that is a definite studio thing <laughs> Because those have just made money, and they've gotten worse and worse. This has got to be better, right? <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, oh. we we had we we're like, you know what? That was a that was a solid second one. Not great, but solid. You can only try to get better, and then we're like, nope. <laughs> Got stupider and worse. So now they're at that bottom part. Whether it's like. 
uh, are we going to stay in the shit or are we going to climb out? <laughs> it's uh, like those mice in the bucket of cream that Christopher Walken talked about in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> um, but, I mean, as far as if I'm talking about how I feel about Jordan Peele's work now, uh, I went back and I had Get Out on my best of the year list. I think I had it like a number eight or seven. It's like probably shot up to like number one or number two now because I, because the things that I was like confused by, the second and third time I watched it, I figured more stuff out and I was like, oh, that's just on me. I was being dumb. <laughs> so I've gone to appreciate it even more and I think it's actually almost close to like a 100 as far as, like, skilled movie. Um, Us, I still th- think that it's okay, but it has some very strong performances in it. It's just very different, and I now have noticed a couple other things that I was like, oh, I didn't realize he had the twins look like the twins from The Shining in one shot. So I was like, oh, well, he's obviously a Shining fan. Imagine that. Um Nope is, uh, it's like so hard for me to nail down my full thoughts right now, but it honestly might be my, in, in third, because of that plot point that I'm just like not convinced belonged in there, like I just don't feel like it does fully connect to the story. In fact, that could have been its own movie. And I'm like just now picturing like Jordan Peele directing an apes movie, <laughs> and it's not Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um, which everybody will be compared to if you try to make an apes movie. Oh, yeah. Just like if you try to make a shark movie, you're going to get compared to Jaws. <laughs> um, which try- being compared to two masterpieces is like, well... <laughs> um, so right now... As far as a letter grade, I would give Nope a B minus. I I really wish that I wasn't giving it right right now, but that just story plot, I just don't know if it fit there. As far as his work so far goes, I would put them in the order as they came out. I would put Get Out, then Us, then Nope. But mm-hmm. I still liked Nope. I think I think Jordan Peele's three for three. Um, Certain things I'm still kind of confused about, like you said, but yeah. I mean, I love the way he approaches his films. I love the, the secret meanings to stuff, uh, the way he the way he tricks you in trailers, especially. There was one specific part with a hand, yeah, that I thought was something else, and it ended up being something else. So, but anyways, uh, I, I still love Jordan Peele. I cannot wait to see what he does in the future. Uh, but this was probably the weakest of the three. And I'm going to give it a B. Yeah. Um, be interesting, because I'm sure this is probably going to make a lot of money. Or $50 million, if not more. So, and I'm wondering how much those IMAX costed him. Uh-huh. So, if he does well enough and gets recognition, like he kind of has been from critics right now, uh, be interesting to see what budget he has for his fourth project. Because he's probably going to be also doing a bunch of producing stuff. Yes, yeah. we know that he's involved with that so 
I mean, so guys, yeah, that's pretty much our thoughts on Nope right now because we don't want to get into spoilers. Uh, hopefully we'll come back like with Damon or somebody else that we know has seen the movie and they really want to talk about it. But that's blame Jordan Peele. <laughs> he made the movie like this. So I'm sorry that this is not going to be as long, but... I mean, we even had to go on a whole side thing of talking about other directors and stuff. So, and you know what? Like, un- to me right now, unlike that chimp thing, that did fold back in. <laughs> Not to try to praise myself over Jordan Peele, but, uh, I mean, I'm always going to be excited when I see Jordan Peele's name on something. Uh, but just like how I'm going to be excited for any of these other names that I have now been following. Uh, I especially can't wait for because I, I believe it's either going to be sometime later this year. Ari Aster's film might come out. It's either this year or next year, which I'm going to be so down for because Joaquin Phoenix is in it. God, it's amazing. Um, but until uh, kind of next time, guys, uh, that's all we can kind of talk about with Nope, and that's all we're feeling. Unless you feel anything else. I'm good. I just. I do have stuff to say. I just can't say it. Yeah, that's that's the toughest part. You're like, I have things, but I can't. Actually, a couple of times during this, I almost said something like, "Oh no, nope, yep, yep. it was slipped." Um, but other than that, guys, uh, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe and keep on listening to us. Uh, thank you for joining me once again for this, Nick, because I know this was probably in your top five anticipated. Yeah, so right. I knew you were going to want to talk about it. Yep. Um, other than that. We'll be back with probably something else, but there's going to be a line of things like that I'm not too keen on. <laughs> August doesn't look great. <laughs> I haven't even looked forward, but yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Um, I, I The biggest thing that was brought up to me in August was 365 Days Part 3. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, no. I still haven't even watched the sequel because I watched that first one. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. I haven't seen any of them. I probably won't. The fact that it Fifty Shades of Grey is better <laughs> is a fucking sign. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I might have to watch those eventually because that might be on my worst of the year. So I am going to give a shout out to the movie I'm probably most excited for. I mean, I think it comes out next year, but they just started production on Dune Part 2. Yep. And we all know how I feel about the first part of Dune. I mean, when it's, your, when it's your favorite movie of last year. It's probably my top ten of all time. Wow. Yep. Thank so. Once Part 3 finally hits and we see the conclusion, I'll be like, yes, this is one of the best trilogies of all time. <laughs> But I can't say that about this singular thing right now. Yeah, so, yeah. But easily, now that I've even seen Elvis and I really like the actor they brought in for that, I'm like, hey, you were very good in a not great movie. <laughs> You're now going to go work with somebody who's a director I really like and has made quality, so it's only up for you. <laughs> and Christopher Walken, I mean, come on. Yes. Come on. Will, will he just go off and do his own Christopher Walken-isms that he always does? Or is he going to be, like, narrowed in and be like, no, please just try to be serious the entire time? Be like, oh, well, what's the point of that? 
And I'm probably most actually excited about the casting of Florence Pugh because I'm a huge fan yeah. of this. I mean, the fact that Ari, uh, not Ari, uh, but Denis Villeneuve just is like, hey, you want to be in this movie? And they're like, yes. <laughs> Sign me up. They, they, It's almost like they don't care what it is right now. <laughs> and they're like, it's also the only time where I'm like looking at a giant cast lineup right now and being like, I'm comfortable. Because there was one that I'm trying to think of that we recently saw a trailer for, and it was just like, oh my God. Dumping like so many people what in it. What was that? It was like, I was like, you know, unlike this is the end, uh, this is now concerning me. Yeah, I couldn't believe every scene you saw somebody new and you're like, whoa, okay. That's... Yeah, it, it was, uh, I know I had Christian Bale yeah. and other people. Uh, yeah, but I was just like, that has so many people in that mm-hmm. I'm concerned. That's not, yeah, we've come to find out that having that big cast is not always going to be the, yeah. the deal breaker. So, but, uh, Until next time, guys. Be good out there, stay safe, and join us next time.